Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. We need to develop a plan for victory. Now, our plan of victory is a plan of defeat for the enemy. And we have been studying the leadership of Joshua. He is a faithful man, but the people, they have not been all that faithful. There's been one in particular that has disobeyed, that has transgressed, and that one sin has brought defeat and shame upon the children of Israel and has has been a bad testimony for the name of God. But as we've said, God is a God of renewal. God is a God of restoration. And God is a God of victory. But realize something. Victory is not getting what I want. Victory is when you and I submit to the plan of God. That we carry out His will. That we become faithful servants of what He desires. And realize something. That is how we find joy. That is how we find true satisfaction. That's how we find that peace that passes all understanding. Well, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Joshua and chapter 8. The book of Joshua and chapter 8. Now, we completed last week the first 17 verses where God is giving to Joshua a battle plan. And now in this study, we're going to see how Joshua faithfully implemented this plan. And because of his faithfulness to God's instruction, there is going to be victory. Let me say it another way. There is going to be the defeat of the enemy. We need to realize that we are in a spiritual conflict with an enemy that is stronger than us in our natural condition. And it's only when we submit to the instructions of God, then and only then, are we going to have that, that perspective and that provision to overcome that powerful enemy. With God, all things are possible. In His will is victory. So look with me, as I said, to verse 18. Joshua chapter 8 and verse 18. Again, God is giving instruction, and he says, And the Lord said to Yehoshua, Stretch forth your spear. Now, this is like the bayonet that's on a rifle today, but this is, of course, without any weapon as a gun, but simply that, that spear, that lance that was used in battle. So God instructs Joshua, saying, Stretch forth your spear, which is in your hand, to I. Now, this is a symbolic act. 
Joshua is doing that, but in this symbolic act comes power. Many times God gives instructions that we do something and in the natural, it has no effect whatsoever from that act. But in the spiritual, it brings about change. And that spiritual change is what produces that change in the natural. So simply stretching out his his bayonet, his spear, towards the city of Ai, what good is that? But that obedience to the instructions of God brings about a spiritual outcome, which, as I said, will have greatly significant natural or physical outcomes. So once more, and the Lord said to Yehoshua, stretch forth your spear, which is in your hand to I, for into your hand I have given it. So God is making a proclamation that the enemy is defeated by him and Joshua in affirming this has to obey and that obedience is the key to victory so Joshua does just that notice what it says second part of verse 18 and Joshua he he stretched out that is he positioned his spear which was in his hand towards I verse 19 now when that happened notice the outcome it says here and the ambush now this is that group of people that were lying in ambush for the residents the citizens the inhabitants of this town i that under god's plan for victory that were positioned in that location around the city hidden that when they would go forth at the right time god's timing they would respond so once more it says here verse verse 19 and the ambush those people rose up quickly from its place the ambush team's place and they ran according to the stretching out of his hand so this although it's spiritual we can see the first physical effect as Yahshua obeyed God in placing his spear in the direction of that city that enabled it brought about a physical outcome and that is that the people ran in the right direction in order to implement God's plan once more verse verse 19 and the ambush group rose up quickly from its place and they ran according to the stretching forth of his hand and they came to the city and they captured it and notice what they did and quickly they set it upon fire the city of Ai. so they were going to destroy in its totality this city there's not going to be just a partial damage but this city is going to be erased and all of this gives us an insight and in a moment we're going to see that these principles are principles of the kingdom how we live a kingdom life and it involves first and foremost 
obeying the instructions of God. These, these things that we might in the natural not see any purpose for, that's not going to have any outcome. But when we do that, it triggers a spiritual activity that does indeed bring about a physical outcome. So we see here, verse 19, they came to the city and they captured it. And quickly they set it, ignited it, the city on fire. Verse 20. Now, when this was done, the people of the city, they were so confident. They all went out from the city. And when they looked back, notice what it says in verse 20. And the men of the city, and this word anshe can mean the people of the city, they turned backward. Now, that is that they turned themselves backward, that is towards the city, in order that they might see what was going on. And it says just that, and they looked, and behold, smoke went up of the city. So that city was ablaze with smoke, and we see that that smoke went up towards the heavens. Now, that phrase, Hashemaima, towards the heavens, is to inform the reader this is why the victory came. That smoke went up as a message that the victory was not a physical victory, that was not its source, but rather a spiritual, a heavenly victory because Joshua led the people to to implement the instructions of God. Now, this is what Bible teaching is all about. It is teaching others the principles of Scripture and encouraging them to implement them in their life. And when we do that, it brings godly activity into our circumstances. If we don't trust God, if we don't demonstrate faith, if we don't submit and obey to these words of instructions, then then there's not going to be that response from God. He's not going to provide. He's not going to give us his perspective. We're not going to experience that anointing of power. And therefore, we're going to be unable to implement and carry out his will. In other words, we're going to fail. And because that anointing won't be there, the enemy will have victory and not us. So we need to see that a lot is at stake here when we obey the word of God. Verse 20 once more. And the people of I, they turn behind them. They looked and behold, smoke, smoke of the city went up towards the heaven. And it says, there was no longer in them hands. Now, the term Yad, this case, Yadayim, speaks about hand, but it's a a word that relates in this context to power they didn't have the hand they didn't have the power they didn't have the ability to do what they were so grief taken taken by this this defeat of their city going up it says they there was not to them the the power to flee either this way or that way and the people that fled 
into the wilderness. Now, this was the group that Joshua was with, those that fled as a decoy to I to encourage them to come out to battle. This group that fled, this people that fled towards the wilderness, they turned, meaning they they turned back, and they became what? They became the pursuer. Verse 21. And Joshua and all Israel, they saw. For the, the ambush team, they had captured the city. For went up the smoke of the city. And what did they do? They uh, returned and they struck the people of Ai. So they were encouraged. They saw everything was going according to plan. And when we submit to God, we can expect to experience his will in reality. This is the plan that God gave when it was executed properly. The outcome is going to be exactly what God said it would be. And he's providing this absolute and this total victory for the children of Israel that failed so miserably when they disobeyed the instructions of God. Verse 21, And Joshua and all the people, they saw that the ambush team had captured the city. For the smoke of the city went up, and they turned and they struck the people of Ai. Verse 22, And these went out from the city to meet them. And they were to Israel. That is, they were in the midst of of Israel, this group, in the midst. And what happens? In the end, because they came right into the midst of Israel, this ambush, it says, did not resist or did not remain, when I get this right, did not remain of him, meaning of the people of I, any survivor or refugee. In other words, there was a total loss. And this is what God does. God is a God of extremes. Now, by the natural, when we think according to this world, the world doesn't like extremes. They like to run to the middle. And so often that's what politicians do. They they speak something that's good, but when they get elected, they run for that center ground very incorrect, very wrong. The children of Israel, they didn't do that. We see here that the people of Ai, they were in the midst. And some were here, some were there in the midst. And that allowed the children of Israel to do what? To strike them unto there did not remain of him, meaning of Ai, a survivor or a refugee. Verse 23. But the king of Ai, he was captured. They captured him alive. And they brought him to Joshua. Literally, they, they caused him to come near to Joshua. Verse 24. And it came about as Israel was finishing the killing of all. Notice that. This is emphatic. Of all the dwellers of I, all the inhabitants of I in the field, 
and then also in the wilderness where they had pursued them in there, meaning in that place. What happens? All of them fell. All of them were caused to fall. That is an idiom for being put to death by the the blade of the sword unto their end, unto the conclusion of that city. So we see something. We see that the city of Ai is no more. Not their inhabitants, nor the city itself. It's all been destroyed. Now look again at verse 24. What's interesting, and perhaps your Bible doesn't have this, but it shows in the Hebrew a space, a gap between just what we read and what we're going to read. When it says, all of them fell to the blade of the sword until their end, there's a space. And then it says, and all of Israel, they returned to I, and they struck it to the blade. So all those who did not go out, those who remained there, they also were put to the sword's blade. And it says, look, verse 25, and it came about all the ones who fell. And again, this term, noflim, is simply an idiom for falling to death, falling to the sword, being put to death. Now, nothing is written in the scripture by chance. All of it has revelation for us. And notice what it says here, a very important statement. Look again, verse 25. And it came about, all the ones who fell, now I realize that most of you do not know Hebrew, but hopefully this phrase, you'll remember. It means on that day and whenever, and I want to say that again, whenever that term appears, on that day, it brings into the, the context that of judgment. And not just any judgment, but we should always think with that phrase, that final judgment day. That judgment that is going to to give to the establishment of the kingdom. Now, notice something here. It says, and it came about all those who fell on that day, both man and unto women, were how many? Twelve. It says here, Shnaim Asar Elif, 12,000. Now, I have shared, and you can check this out in the book of Revelation, but the number 12, whether it's 12 or 24 or 144 or 12,000 or 1,200 or 144,000, this number 12 and its multiples always relate to something connected to the kingdom. And the reason why, and I'm sure that there was exactly 12,000 people, this is true, but there's also an additional message to the reader. That number 12,000 tells us that this teaches us kingdom principles. These things that we're learning here are the very principles that Israel is going to demonstrate in the last days and must demonstrate if they're going to have victory, a victory that, that brings about the establishment of the kingdom of God. So once more, it says here, 
on that day, Beyom Hahu, from man until woman, there was 12,000, all of the people of I. Everyone in that city lost their life. Verse 26. And Joshua, he did not turn back his hand, meaning God told him to, to turn, to stretch out his hand with that spear, that uh, kidon in it towards the city. And he did not turn it back from stretching his spear unto when? Unto, and we have a very important word that's emphasized. This term, cherem, which is, in this case, now a verb. This is a word, when it's a noun, it speaks about utter destruction. And now, in this case, what it's saying is that he did not turn his spear away from the city until it was totally destroyed and all the residents of the city, every inhabitant, was put to death. Only, now look at verse 27. He says here, only the the behemoth, that is the domesticated animals like uh, cows and sheep and goat and oxen. It says only the, the animals. It says, and the city was plundered. That city was plundered. And spoils were taken by them of Israel. But notice what it says at the end of verse 27. Kedvar Adonai asher et Yehoshua. Which means... According to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Yeshua. So everything was done according to the commandment. And what do we see? There was that plundering. There was that reward. And the message is this. God's good. When we obey him, there's going to be a reward. There's going to be a blessing from obedience. Verse verse. 28 and joshua he burned i and he set it as a mound and what type of mound tell olam now many of you know the name of israel's uh, second largest city which is tel aviv jerusalem being first tel aviv aviv is spring and tell is like a mound a heap and here, what we see, look again at, at this verse, verse 28. And Yeshua, he burned I, and he set it as an eternal heap of desolation until this day. Meaning, until the time that, that Joshua wrote down this, this book. And we find, look now to verse 29. And I would suggest to you that this word for eternal heap hence to the kingdom of god that this word olam is a kingdom word as well as a hint that these are all things that are related to the kingdom verse 29 but the king of i what did he do he hung upon the tree unto the time of the evening now why now he also had been put to death by the sword but now his body his corpse is being hung on the city why hanging a corpse is shameful and what it's saying is this this king of i 
who did not submit, who did not listen to the facts, which is that God had given the land to the people. If he had been submissive, this didn't have to happen. If they had come out and said, we are your servants, we want to be a blessing to you. They could have experienced life and been brought into the children of the kingdom, the children of Israel. But they did not, and therefore what we find here is the outcome of this rebelliousness is shame. So the king of Ai, he was hung upon the tree until the evening. And when the sun went down, Joshua commanded that they bring down this. And the word here is a word which means something that is repulsive or loathsome. It's speaking about his body. That this king that at one time was an honorable man in his mind among his people, having status and such. But now they use a word to describe him as an animal that is dead and his carcass is decaying. Very harsh terms. And it says they brought down this, this, this revolting carcass from the tree. And they cast it into the, the entrance of the gate of the city. So now this city and what is that location? Now, many times we mention that the teaching at loveisrael.org is from a Jewish context. What does that mean? A biblical context. But, but to understand it, it helps to have that Jewish background. And the, the city gates are synonymous with a place of judgment. Who sat there? The elders of the city. And now what we're seeing is this, there's judgment given this shameful, shameful act against the king because he behaved shamefully by rebelling against the word of God, the will of God. And it says, look at the end of, of this verse, verse 29, and they established upon it or upon him a, a heap of stones, a great heap of stones even till this day. So his shame was marked and it was set up as a memorial to testify. Those who rebel, those who come out and fight against the people of God, they are going to have defeat, a shameful defeat. This is what this memorial is speaking to. Now let's look at verse 30. It says here, then Joshua, he built an altar unto the Lord, to the God of Israel, in Mount Aval. Now, we're going to see two mountains named here, Aval and also Gerizim. Ones of blessing and ones of curse will come to that. And the message is this. This is what we have. God sets before us both blessing and curse. Moses said both life and death. And of course, life is synonymous with blessing and curse is synonymous with death. So he sets both before us. And we have to remember that's the nature of God. He's either going to bless you or he's going to curse you. There's no position in between. Look again at verse 30. Then Joshua built an altar of the Lord, the God of Israel, which is also a kingdom phrase. 
in Mount Eval. Verse 31, just as Moses commanded, who's Moses? The servant of the Lord, as he commanded the children of Israel, as it's written in the book of the law of Moses. Now, I would call your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 29, and Deuteronomy chapter, chapter, believe 27, verses 2 and 3 for instructions when it says according to what Moses commanded the children of Israel, we see some instructions about not building an altar like the nations do, doing it differently. And this city and what is significant about this mountain and such. So all of that's in the scripture primarily in the book of Deuteronomy. Verse verse 31, the second half. An altar of of complete stones, which is not waved or passed upon them the iron. Now, the nations, they would make an altar of perfect stone, cutting them into a, a square or a rectangle, as we'll see in a moment, like bricks, in order to make it fit. But God didn't do that. God instructed to use whole stones which which were not cut and were shaped differently. This is important. And it says, upon such an altar, they offered up upon it burnt offerings to the Lord, and also they sacrifice peace offerings. Now, this word peace, shlemim, is a word just not for peace, but it's better understood as a word for completion that which is in its entirety. And this is what we see here. When we serve God, we're going to experience victory. It's that victory that is going to, and this is what we're talking about now, give rise for worshiping God. There's two primary reasons why we worship God. Foundationally, we worship God first and foremost because of who He is. Secondly, we worship God because what He does. Everything that he does is worthy of praise. His actions should lead us to worship him. And here, notice, God has brought about, and the word shlamim, he has brought about his will in its entirety. So that's why there's these burnt offerings, which are for thanksgiving, and the testimony is how things were completely done. Verse 32. And he wrote there upon these stones a copy of the law of Moses. Now, the word for copy is the word uh, mishneh, which just means a second. So he wrote down again in this location, the law of God. Why is that important? Because victory prepares us to obey the commandments of God. So we find Victory through commandments, through obeying the instructions of God, which positions us to do the law of God. Understand, being able to complete the will of God. And can we do that? Yes, we can. How? Because the Spirit of God dwells in the believer, the one who has been redeemed, and we become a new creation in Messiah. Because we are a new creation, not ruled by flesh and blood, but ruled by the Spirit of God, 
we now have the potential to obey. How? What does Paul say in Romans 8 verse 4? Those who walk not in the flesh, so not living according to the flesh, but those who walk not in the flesh, but according to the Spirit, fulfill the righteousness of the law. That's what victory is, fulfilling the righteousness of the law. That brings about the glory, the manifestation of the glory of God. Look again at verse 32. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote before the children of Israel, meaning they were there as he wrote it down to witness this. And all, verse 33, and all of Israel, its elders and its officers, remember this is the ones who are called to keep order, its judges were standing on one side and on the other side of the ark which was before the levitical priests who are the levitical priests the ones who carry the ark of the covenant of the lord and the covenant of the lord is a covenant of blessing but if we don't submit to it it will be a covenant of curse and this is true for who Again, a kingdom context. It's true for the sojourner, which would be the non-Jew, and also for the, the citizen, those who are Jewish. So this is a testimony for both Jew and Gentile. And we find that half of the people, they were on the side standing before Mount Gerizim, and the other half, they were before Mount Eval, just as Moses commanded. Who's Moses? Again, Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded how? To bless the people of Israel at the beginning. So this was something they have a fulfillment of now conquering this place, these two mountains, where it testifies to God. God is a God of blessing. God is a God of curse. Let me say that another way. God is a God of eternal life. And God is a God of eternal condemnation. This is what's being upheld. Part of the kingdom experience. You're either going to have eternal life or eternal condemnation. This is what's being emphasized in this passage. Verse 34. And afterwards, he called, that is, he read, all the words of the law. Uh, the blessing, the curses, the curse, according to what's written in the law, in the words of the law. Now, I hope you see that over and over and over, not just here, but also, in crossing over the Jordan, there was an emphasis on the law of God. Anytime, and we see this correlation, anytime the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned, we need to think about the Torah, the instructions, the commandments of God. Look again at verse 34. And afterwards, he, this is Joshua, he read all the words of the law, the blessing, the curse, according to all that is written in the law, in the book of the law. Verse 35, our last verse. 
And there was not a word from all which Moses commanded, which he did not, that is, which Joshua did not read before all the congregation of Israel. Now, notice it had B'nai Israel or Israel in other places, but here it has Kahal Yisrael, that is the congregation of Israel. And the congregation of Israel, notice it concludes, includes the women, the children, and the ger. What's the ger? The one who's not Jewish but resides in the, in the land and wants to do so in a permanent way. It says, he read, that is Joshua read, all which Moses commanded before the congregation of Israel, the women, the children, the, the, the sojourner, the one who goes in their midst. Meaning, there's an emphasis upon that why. Well, the emphasis is because Israel is supposed to be a nation that invites many, many others to join in to be part of this congregation that they, Israel, is supposed to be a nation that has many, many sojourners, and these would be Gentile sojourners, dwelling among them that goes, that draws near unto them. And that's really what it speaks about. Those who go and are drawing near to them. This shows intimacy. It shows togetherness. And the takeaway for us as we conclude is following the instructions of God brings about his victory we experience his victory and that is going to bring others into our assembly into our family into our people in order that they might know the same truth that God taught first to the children of Israel this is his kingdom strategy a strategy that is going to bring about eternal victory. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.